Attention Talking Simpsons listeners, we have a new podcast miniseries exclusively on Patreon right now. For $5 and up subscribers at patreon.com slash talking simpsons, you get Talk King of the Hill Season 2 Part 1. That's right, we're returning to King of the Hill once again putting out 11 new episodes covering the first half of the show's second season. Again, that is patreon.com slash talking simpsons. Be there or be not right. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talking Simpsons, home of terrible, disturbing secrets. I'm your host, bottomless peanut bag inventor Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons, who is here with me today as always. White the caterpillar in your buttermilk, I'm Henry Gilbert. And who do we have on the line? Hi, this is uh, Travis View from the Q Anon Anonymous podcast. And today's episode is The Computer Wore Menace Shoes. Your webpage has stumbled upon our secret plan. That's impossible. All my stories are full plop. Today's episode aired on December 3rd, 2000, and as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. (gasps) Oh my god! Oh boy, Bobby, American McGee's Alice hits uh, personal computers. Smashing Pumpkins play their final concert together until about 2005, Mm. and everyone is waiting for tomorrow, because that Monday is when... The Supreme Court is going to announce their decision in Bush versus Gore. I can't wait. We have covered so much of this in our Talking Futurama (laughs) series because Talking Futurama Season 2, sorry, Futurama Season 2 is running during this period as well. So we talked Mm -hmm. a lot about the election in those. But (laughs) American McGee's Alice, that was back when the idea of what if Alice in Wonderland was fucked up. Mm That was still interesting. Or maybe it wasn't. I don't uh, know. I Some people liked it. I, I think American McGee, I appreciate that he like wanted to be the spirit of wanting to be an auteur of video games to get, you know, uh, like Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula. It could be American McGee's Alice. Uh, but I, I think he kind of fell short of uh, his artistic dreams as a video game creator. We've all heard about Bad Day LA. Uh, or maybe we ooh, haven't. Boy, I have. <laughs> Probably the latter. And uh, yeah, that Smashing Pumpkin breaking up no mm. longer together now uh billy corgan believes in a lot of stuff i think uh, he believes <laughs> in lots of festive scarves yes he yeah. believes in accessorizing and he also believes in pro wrestling as well that's true owning his own pro wrestling organization unexpected turn for him former simpsons guest star billy corgan yes yeah. uh but yeah that's what was happening when this episode aired but joining us today is a first-time guest travis view of the q anon anonymous podcast welcome to the show travis Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm very excited about this episode. And we are big fans of your show, of your mm-hmm. podcast. And the second I saw this on the schedule, I was a newer uh, listener to your podcast, and I immediately thought, we need to get somebody from that show. And Travis, you seem to be the most Simpson-y of the crew. Yeah, I mean, that is fair. I mean, uh, like, I was I was a, really a huge Simpsons nerd, at least uh, back in the 90s. Uh, I remember I, was, uh, I used to watch uh, two episodes a day, actually, after school, because, like, the local Fox affiliate that we had in San Diego played one at six o'clock and seven o'clock i remember so yeah it's a good time i think you guys are all around the same age as us you had the exact same simpsons indoctrination where it was the <laughs> syndicated brainwashing of an hour every day for i don't know four or five years of your life yeah definitely i mean yeah it was like it was like it was like nothing else on television i mean it was like it, it felt it felt almost like dangerous and subversive at the time in a way that uh, the way it sort of how incredibly irreverent it was towards everything so that's what really kind of like drew uh, a very uh, teenage cynical travis view to it and i mean what did you think 
think of like not just this episode but they've had a lot of episodes that deal with like revealing conspiracies or dealing with conspiracy theories the stonecutters episode or the the riddlin episode that reveals right. that major league baseball is in control of everything <laughs> yeah i mean it's, it's always a great uh i mean it's like the stonecutters episode is really really amazing because you know it's sort of it's sort of parodies uh like the the way these these organizations awfully run uh, are actually run so like often often it's more degenerate and selfish and petty than anything uh in, actually controlled i mean the simpsons are always great sort of deflating these conspiracy theories in a kind of infl- effective way i wouldn't have heard of Lyndon larouche and <laughs> jokes about him if not for the simpsons <laughs> yeah there's what were there like two or three bizarre uh yeah Lyndon larouche was right jokes mm-hmm. yeah what? that's the first time i ever uh, heard that name on television probably <laughs> or maybe in an snl sketch and i was like that must be a cast member i've never heard of <laughs> nude conspiracies Lyndon <laughs> larouche was right <laughs> and i guess travis i saw in this episode some clear signs of things you talk about on your podcast can you explain your podcast to anyone who might not be familiar with it sure yeah the QAnon anonymous podcast really dives deep into the QAnon conspiracy theory and the culture and technology that sort of uh, allowed it to rise uh yeah we've been exploring QAnon for a couple years now we, we started in uh around August of uh, uh 2018 and uh we've been recording uh like two episodes a week since then so yeah we try to uh, understand the basically how this how this kind of uh this phenomenon is radicalizing so many people and how essentially this weird 4chan anon uh back in early uh back in late t- 2017 uh got to a point where now it's uh, electing members of congress and being featured very prominently uh in the capital insurrection i think it's very unfortunate this episode is about a vaccine conspiracy theory mm-hmm. especially now and i think the uh the ties to matt drudge are just completely lost completely yeah yeah oh yeah i mean yeah because yeah i think that yeah yeah matt drudge was a real web 1.0 kind of icon and Mm -hmm. uh and showing the the power of sort of individual publishing and that (laughs) he's been kind of like lost to time just because he's been uh been sort of surpassed by the fact that everyone can be their own individual publisher online now and this episode was called homer the drudge uh, john Schwartzwalder wrote it and the third act as it is in the final episode was his third act it felt mm. like to me at the time they must have rewritten this heavily totally. because the third act is normally the thing that's the most heavily rewritten it doesn't work at the table so they rewrite it but that was just in his script it became the prisoner parody yeah uh, curveball at the end there that's even crazier to find out from the commentary because like i'm so used to when they need to rewrite something especially in this era of the simpsons they're like well, we got to rewrite the third act hmm a direct parody that'll work let's yeah. do that but apparently not that's a shot but but what what wasn't shocking was to find out that john swartzwelder was a big fan of the drudge report back then and writers on the commentary uh tom gamble and max pross who also are for seinfeld they knew matt drudge when he worked at the gift shop of the cbs uh corporation Mm -hmm. he was a very chatty cashier and in one of the episodes they based a character on him in seinfeld i couldn't find which one because they wrote a (laughs) bunch but whatever one has a very chatty cashier he's based on matt drudge at the time the secret with matt drudge is that he like a lot of guys who get in the mainstream of conservative press online he failed in hollywood like he went to he's he's the worst kind of gay man a conservative gay man (laughs) and i say that as a gay person uh but uh but yeah drudge moved to hollywood in his in his uh 20s and was working as a cashier in his studio cbs studio gift shop and was a very gossipy guy he wanted all this gossip and at a certain point i 
think he realized he couldn't make it in Hollywood and he instead uh, started an online newsletter to share gossip that usually more he also like has connections in DC his parents worked in in Washington um, not in like high profile stuff or anything but uh, so yeah he started up the Drudge Report as his first big break with it as a website I could I believe is he leaked that Bob Dole was picking Jack Kemp as his mm-hmm. running mate in 96 but of course the thing that made him famous uh, would be on January 17th 1997 when he broke the story that had been killed by Newsweek that Bill Clinton was having a sexual affair with a then 23 year old intern and it would by the end of the year lead to an impeachment trial so that that made him a huge star not to mention that he was you know bankrolled by top level GOP operatives like Andrew Breitbart David Horowitz (laughs) pretty much everybody else and from then on he was like the favored platform Mm. for GOP stuff when Swift Boat Veterans for Truth launched it was first through the Drudge Report Whitewater things uh, even going up to like 2015 like he did break some stuff on the Epstein Clinton connections too so plus also a bunch of bullshit like he did cover (laughs) a bunch of things that weren't true everybody remembers the true things but and there was another shocking one I found out that like he was despite all that shit he did to the clintons it was hillary clinton's campaign to drudge that they leaked that photo of obama in somali tribal dress in the 2008 democratic primary wow okay so yeah and he may and he was a regular source of birtherism content for a long time yeah it's still online too although the animated gif sirens are not there so it's not (laughs) the same for me but if you go to drudgereport.com it's there the layout is the same as it was in like 1998 nothing has changed in terms of the content But uh, from what I've seen, I do think either Drudge is retired from operating it or he's sold it to somebody else. But uh, in the last, like, I could see that 2017, like, he was still doing things like the Vegas shooting isn't what you think it is type stuff. Seth Rich, Pizzagate even. But by 2020, he was not engaging in uh the a lot of the trump stuff and definitely not q like the and right now if you go to their site at the time of this recording in february uh they are more uh, they are against the january 6th thing the mm. uh the drudge report the insurrection stuff and leading like trump and tucker carlson have both said the drudge has turned into a secret tool of the progressive left so it's uh I, travis i think it's like he, what you said that i think drudge turned into like a bill crystal type guy mm. just like he was a good propagandist for the republicans and the aughts but time has passed him by yeah yeah i mean he yeah he's he's entering a new age where now he, there's a lot of competition to uh you know like i said it's really difficult to imagine today the kind of internet environment in which the drudge report thrive this was before any social media this was before twitter this was before friendster even <laughs> this was before <laughs> myspace uh and so and so the the idea that a, just a guy could could have a website named after their own name, just the, you know, the me, the me report. And then all of a sudden start breaking huge stories. I mean, it's sort of, uh, sort of display the, the power and, you know, because in, in the power of the internet, but also the threats associated with it in terms of like the spreading these kinds of baseless conspiracy theories and disinformation. Yeah. It was before blogs or even the word blogging was mainstream. I was just doing some research on the early two thousands. I think WordPress didn't become, uh, officially available to people until 2003 and 2002 oh. was, 
was the launch of things like uh, Gawker. It was mm. the big, huge explosion of blogs, but he was doing it before people knew the word. And I think in the Disney Plus description, it's just like Homer becomes a blogger. And I don't think we were saying <laughs> blogger in 2000. Maybe some people were. Yeah. Yeah. That, that wasn't, that wasn't a concept. This was like, I mean, this is why, you know, Drudge, you know, even though it was, it was an ugly website and pl very plain, even by the standards of the day, honestly, I mean, there, there were, you know, it was a web design that time was very, very primitive, but even then, uh, you know, sometimes they, you know, they tried to do their best to make it look good, but Drudge didn't even try. It was a, you know, it was a hideous, uh, basic website with a lot of stolen graphics often. Um, but, uh, but, uh, it was still wildly successful because of the, the outrageous content. And I'm old enough to have been called a blogger as an insult. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and Matt Drudge will be in the news again very soon though, because, uh, you may know the dramatizations of history series, American Crime Story. They did OJ. Mm -hmm. They are about to do the Lewinsky one and uh, Matt Drudge will be a character in it and he will be played by Billy Eichner. Oh, so, that is kind of perfect. Yeah. <laughs> to remember when the scandal was that uh, Bill Clinton had like consensual sex with a woman of age is, uh, is a different <laughs> time. But anyway, this uh, the title of this, because we go over everything, I want to go over the title, the very tortured title of this episode, The Computer Wore Menace Shoes. It's based on the, uh, the old Disney movie, The Computer Wore Tennis Shoes, starring Kurt Russell. I didn't know there was a trilogy of movies starring this character, the Dexter Riley trilogy, oh, wow. uh, which includes Now You See Him, Now You Don't, and The Strongest Man in the World. Although I was familiar with the remake of this movie with Kirk Cameron. I checked out IMDb. It was directed by Peyton Reed. What? Wow. Yeah. Man, I guess he, he he took every job he could until he could finally get into the Marvel world. <laughs> Why well, never? I never watched any of these uh, those movies because as a kid, if it was Disney in live action, that I steered very clear of it. They always seem like the dreariest movies that were always three hours long with commercials on <laughs> Saturday afternoons, so no thanks. The Happiest Millionaire, get get out of here. <laughs> Even that I'm not watching cat, that. not up for it. I will say, when I first saw this, I didn't like this episode in the year 2000 because, honestly, I didn't get the Prisoner reference. I'd never seen the Prisoner. I didn't get, and if you haven't seen the Prisoner, the third act, for me at least, was incredibly confusing. <laughs> that, like... I, I sort of knew some of the references they pulled just because Simpsons had done those references before, yeah. but yeah. That was my connective tissue was the Movementarians episode because they do a prisoner parody in that in which Marge is being chased by the giant bubble and it smothers Hans Molman. And yeah. at the time I was going online and looking up every reference and then they said in the, in the doc, oh, this is a reference to The Prisoner, a British TV mm -hmm. show. So as soon as I saw the bubble, I knew what they were doing, but I didn't know anything about The Prisoner and I still kind of don't. Well, Travis, have you seen The Prisoner? I haven't. I'll be honest. Like <laughs> like you, my 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 whole understanding of The Prisoner mostly comes from uh, The Simpsons and also, I guess, assorted uh, clips I saw online. But this is apparently a sort of a cult uh, British television show that was already extremely psychedelic and weird before it was sort of parodied in this uh, in this show. It was kind of like Twin Peaks for the 60s or the today's WandaVision. Ugh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> just like that. Yeah. <laughs> I Actually, the... There's many similarities in the story in WandaVision and The Prisoner, yeah, but I... Uh, I had never watched it before, but I did watch the uh, the first three episodes of it. It's it's all on uh, Prime Video, actually, so pretty easy to watch. And uh, the yeah the the series uh, star and co creator Patrick McGowan, who's in this, uh, it's the story of a guy, an unnamed man named Number Six, who is trapped in the village and uh, just simply cannot escape. And when I've watched it now, I mean, I'm just trying to teleport my brain.
brain into being a nerd in 1967 who's never seen anything like this before and it's just such a it's a show that makes you paranoid like it's all about <laughs> cold war paranoia and individualism versus the the collectivism kind of thing too but and like i just watched the third episode it was probably a very novel concept for tv back then which is like what if we entered your dreams and tricked you with things you've seen like it's is this a dream is it not kind of stuff i uh, now i know that we that episode of gi joe that we covered for what a cartoon i'm uh, like oh yeah this is just a prisoner parody <laughs> well thankfully our keyholes now are much smaller so no one can gas us in our own apartments <laughs> In the intro to that, the intro to that show is three minutes long. It's so long. You get to watch him drive his little car. And that then... little car is awesome. Although I think the second he bumps anything, he's getting decapitated. <laughs> no seatbelt and this uh, sharp windshield at a 45 degree angle. He's such a badass dude, Bob, that that would never happen. He'd never. <laughs> <laughs> but I was reading uh, Patrick McGowan was in some show called Danger Man, which I think was translated over here as Secret Agent or something like that. I think, yeah, Secret Agent or Secret Agent Man. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I never never saw that show either the, just the just the, the the idea of a show called danger man is very funny to me <laughs> i mean in the shadow of the bond franchise like every tv show is like we got our own bond here like it's a it is a classic show watching it now so many things make sense like also i think like oh venture brothers uh is a lot of this yeah like this kind of like secret agent stuff and everything's a lie within a lie kind of thing yeah but, uh, but yeah, I guess let's get into the episode itself then. So the episode begins with a big Snoopy couch gag, uh, which they reveal that was not authorized by the writers, but just the animators just like did it. And the writers like, yeah, okay, well, that is not how things normally go. And uh, the animators do something the writers don't ask for. Don't let it happen again. <laughs> but, uh, but then the episode begins with a very strange Homer who uh, actually wants to do his job. And uh, he finds out that place is being fumigated, which leads to the first joke in the episode about a person being gassed and knocked out <laughs> oh i didn't connect the two okay the gassings happening so happened so far apart that i didn't connect the two it's a real gassy script this one <laughs> and i love the designs of vacation lenny and carl who drive up they're just like cool guys and uh, and yes this uh starts with a very 2000 joke which is homer learning about email no one told me the plant was closed then you get the email what's an email it's a computer thing, like an electric letter. Or a quiet phone call. I don't have a computer. <laughs> Too bad. That's why you're at work while we're living it up on our day off. Hey, Carl, turn off the car radio. Why not? Anything goes today. <laughs> And it's funny that, uh, I mean, there have been references to computers and the internet on the show before this, but we are at the point in history where it's not just for nerds. Because mm -hmm. if you look at the characters who used the internet in the past, it was comic book guy, it was the college nerds. But now we are in the post-Dell and Gateway era where they send a box that's covered in cow spots to your home <laughs> and you can be on the internet for uh, $1,200 maybe. Yeah, I think this really does represent that there was this there was this transition point probably in the late 90s when like yeah, being on the computer was a sort of a, a, a thing a hobby or a thing for, you know, people who are you know very entrepreneurial into something that you just had to have in in order to function in society. You started people who weren't uh, sort of plugged in started to fall behind just a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the like the history of internet jokes on Simpsons like goes all the way back to the college guys. You know, Homer goes to college. They're using it to argue about Picard versus Sha- uh, Shatner. Yeah, Shatner. Kirk. Uh, Kirk. Yeah. Why? Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah, You're uh, a terrible nerd. <laughs> Picard versus Kirk, and and also like uh, our our friend Bill Oakley, he said that the one of the first ways they interacted with fans talking about the Simpsons on the internet was uh, an assistant would print out all of the things that were on the alt message board uh, instead of uh, instead of them visiting in themselves because they didn't have an internet connection and and now here it is the year 2000 episode where the joke is Homer didn't get a work email because he doesn't have a computer and uh, they, they bring up on the commentary too that they did have jokes before of like Homer gets a computer but this is the first time he really gets a computer yeah and you see what the internet is like in this Mm. world not just someone talking about it i don't remember what brand my family's first computer is i i didn't get my own computer until i moved when i lived with my parents it was just the family computer we had one i didn't get my own until i moved out when i was 26 and that one uh was a two i moved out in 2006 and got a 2003 iMac and the one that is the monitor is the machine okay. kind of iMac that was that was my first personal computer our family computer was 96 I'm sure it was a gateway or Hewlett Packard or something yeah, like that, that. A gateway, yeah. and I think in 2002 I got my own when I moved out but uh, yeah I mean when we go to the store later uh, it is an exaggeration but computers were much more expensive in that time period and mm-hmm. you did have to replace things constantly this is a way different era for computers for sure I mean yeah I remember yeah, my first computer was i think it was actually it was an intel 386 uh process we had a personal computer and uh yeah remember we first connected to the internet using i think it was CompuServe. and yeah i also i got into like uh, using bulletin board services and stuff so yeah it was it was seemed like the coolest thing in the world at the time yeah travis i was going to ask how early in your life were you posting <laughs> yeah i mean i mean i was i was doing it maybe a two, bit too young i mean i remember <laughs> like you know the uh i remember in uh middle school uh, a friend of mine handed me a phone number to a local uh bulletin board service uh server and um this this would this allowed me to call in and sort of see the kind of like games and content that they had on this particular server that happened to be in my hometown uh so it was uh yeah, I was uh, I was probably like yeah, twelve or so. Yeah. Wow. I think I was fourteen, and I was immediately an asshole because <laughs> I got into AOL with my friend's account from my house, and I found the Mystery Science Theater three thousand message board, and the first thing I posted was like, "Hey, Mike or Joel," and then <laughs> one of the big wigs from the message board DM'd me or AIM'd me or whatever you call mm-hmm. it at the time, saying, "You do not post that kind of topic on oh, this board. You are man. a newbie. You pissed off a mod the first time <laughs> yes. you had a chance. That's good. <laughs> uh, now we're constantly yeah. at war with the mods. Yeah, every day is. is a mod war." That was the that was the first lesson I also learned in the internet is that the, the mods are gods. You know, I didn't uh my first time being online was probably fifteen or sixteen. I first had a friend who uh had the internet before me and he mainly used it to like show friends pornography <laughs> or anime stuff too. But uh by the time I got it, uh I was the first of my friends to have cable internet because my dad works for uh, a company that long ago got bought by comcast but essentially comcast so uh, i was the first with broadband 
and uh and i was showing it off to all my buddies and yeah i think my first posts would have been a 98 uh on writing reviews for anime on an anime uh selling website hmm. and just like oh what here's what i thought of the new cutie honey ova <laughs> <laughs> i, I wonder think, if those are still online i don't think i got on a forum until the uh 2000 or so when i got into the ign forums to really argue on behalf of nintendo consoles being the greatest consoles <laughs> The Simpsons will be right back. Simpsons figures and talking sets. You love them. Mm, donuts. No, the figures. Don't. You're the man, Homer. Finally, Simpson figures and talking sets sold separately. I remember. Welcome to the break, everybody, from Mr. X, a.k.a. Henry Gilbert. And a big thank you to our guest this week, Travis View, from the awesome QAnon Anonymous podcast. That podcast does so much great work debunking the many increasingly uh, ridiculous conspiracy theories out there. And hey, you know, if you enjoy this podcast every week of us talking about The Simpsons, then I think you would really get a kick out of supporting us on Patreon. This podcast is subscriber-supported. That's our only way of doing this full-time. And thanks to listeners like you, subscribers to patreon.com slash talking Simpsons get so many extras in addition to supporting us. Why for $5 a month, you not only get to hear every episode of Talking Simpsons a week ahead of time and without ad breaks like this one, the same goes for our sister podcast that we do each week. What a cartoon where we cover animated series, super in depth, the same as Talking Simpsons. But that's just the start. Those five bucks also get you a bevy of exclusive to Patreon podcasts, including are currently releasing every Friday mini series for Tall King of the Hill season two, part one, us covering the first half of season two of King of the Hill super in depth just like we do the simpsons if you signed up today you get to hear all of our previous episodes about king of the hill and the same for futurama which we do each month exclusively for patrons we're up to season three now and you can hear us talk about the critic and mission hill two related to simpson shows super in depth over each episode you get so much just for five bucks a month if you are a subscriber at patreon.com slash talking simpsons But if you want a premium perk as nice as an unending bag of peanuts, then you should sign up at the $10 level at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. Our premium level gets you all that $5 stuff I just mentioned. And then you get our monthly exclusive for premium patrons podcast. What a cartoon movie. Me and Bob covering animated feature films as in-depth as The Simpsons, often for over four hours. Last month, you got to hear us talk about DuckTales the movie. This month, we're reflecting on the 20th anniversary of Shrek. We talked for four hours about how Shrek came into all of our lives and changed animation forever. So if you sign up, you get to hear the most recent ones, plus a gigantic back catalog of all of our previous ones, almost three years worth, 120 hours of them. In addition to all of the $5 things, so much you get for just being a $10 a month subscriber at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. Please sign up today and support the show.
I, I also do like the very stilted way that Carl and Lenny celebrate. They like, why not? Anything goes today. <laughs> Listening to uh, big band music. Or yeah, something. that's a great joke. I'm glad it wasn't like, I don't know, uh, Foreigner. ACDC. Yeah, yeah, any of those. Uh, a hip band. I mean, I don't even know what it is, but uh, just big band music. And uh, so Homer heads over to Honest John's Computers, which that's a good little gag that it's obviously used to be a tire store <laughs> that now sells computers. The inside of this uh, computer store is very weird. Mm, yeah. It, it's, it's very sparse. And uh, I mean, the, the artists on the show work very hard, but it's very sparse. But and then there's just like countertops surrounding the store with like cabinets. And it doesn't look like a store to me. I don't know what's going on here, but maybe it was a repurposed tire store. And that is the joke. <laughs> it shouldn't look like what it's supposed to be. In a way, the design looks like it's almost like they're it would be a physical set on like a, a sketch show. Of yeah. Like, yeah. That they'd have to build. They're like, well, we got like seven computers let's just put them in the background uh but yeah i did i did feel this intimidated by computer stores i mean that's also because in 2006 i had just moved here and was uh working very part-time at a video store so i couldn't i couldn't buy a brand new computer for about eight years uh, after i bought that one but i uh, i was also just pushed away by i don't I don't want to build a PC. I'm not, uh, I'm too scared to try. And so I just want to buy them off the shelf. And I am afraid of salesmen like this one tricking hmm. me. I looked up the prices for computers in 2000 and today you can have, uh, you can have someone assemble a pretty nice gaming PC for you for like seven or 800 bucks. A uh, kind of top of the line iMac at this time was around 1300 to $1,400 mm. and uh, not adjusted for inflation, but, uh, uh okay. when the first Apple twos came out in the late seventies, I believe they were $2,000 wow. in that money, not yeah. in today's money. So computers have just been getting cheaper <laughs> over time. Yeah. Yeah. I, if you want like the top of the line, like professional editing software iMac these days and want every the best thing that's on the slider on the Apple store you you might spend six thousand seven thousand dollars yeah and this was yeah. before obviously tablets but also Chromebooks and ebooks and yeah, just yeah. Homer if, if Chromebooks existed Homer could have gotten one for like 100 200 bucks and <laughs> he could check his email that way uh, but yes in this case Homer gets sold a uh, the greatest PC ever that will never get old um, I guess I'll take that one Hmm. Well, do you need a paperweight? Because if you buy that machine, that's all you're going to have is an expensive paperweight. Well, a paperweight would be nice, but what I really need is a computer. How about that one? Mm -hmm. That technology is three months old. Only suckers buy out-of-date machines. I, you're not a sucker, are you, sir? Heavens, no! <laughs> oh, good. Because if you were, I'd have to ask you to leave the store. <laughs> I just need something to receive email. You'll need a top-of-the-line machine for that. That's the same computer astronauts use to do their taxes. I was an astronaut. Uh, of course you were. <laughs> hmm. $5,000? You only have 10 seconds to decide, sir. <laughs> this is the best computer in the world and always will be, right? Absolutely. Just run the deed to your house through here. You are on your fifth mortgage. <laughs> I love Homer's very nice reply of like, well, a paperweight would be nice, but what I really need is a computer. Uh, and and he's bringing up the correct fact that he was an astronaut, but nobody even believes him. I, I always love when the show brings up that the wackiest episode is still canon. Like, they're like, no, yeah. Homer was an astronaut. It, it did happen. 
And this view of computers is true, and to this day, people kind of still think it is, especially if you're in the world of uh, console gaming versus PC gaming. A lot of people say, I don't want to get a PC, you have to replace the video card every couple months, you need to buy new RAM all the time, etc., etc., replace the, the CPU. I've had the same PC for or five years. I only just replaced the video card because I was bored and we're in, <laughs> we're in a lockdown. That's the only thing I've ever had to change and everything looks great. So yeah, computers at this time, things were uh, constantly, you know, there was always new technology coming out uh, and things were not always built to last. So at the time, yes, you could buy something and have it be out of date in six months. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I remember there's there was always a, um, there's always controversy in like local schools and they, they needed to like replace their, uh, their, their, their computers because they were like three years old and that was ancient in the that time like a three-year-old computer was way out of date uh if you wanted to run you know uh, soft new software because things were moving so so fast in that time in my totally underfunded Catholic school, which was underfunded by people paying tuition, I guess, uh, we were still using Apple IIEs from, <laughs> I don't know, donated 15 or more years before that, before the mid-90s. So uh, I think we got one computer with the internet in uh, 96, and you had to kind of book time on it while a librarian hovered over your shoulder, and you had to ask <laughs> her, can I go to the Spawn website? It's a comic book. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's, uh, you know... I had in my suburban public school in Florida, we did get a computer lab in like my, uh, in like 99. And I look back on it now and there, there was this art teacher who I see now that he was a classic eighties nerd who became an art teacher. And he was so proud. Like when he got the computer lab, he's like, I have been fighting for this for so long. <laughs> I finally got us a computer lab. But then the other nerds in the class would show off of like uh, when his back was turned. I remember at least one going like, hey, I hid pornography on this. He doesn't even know. Like, look here, there it is. Uh, but uh, the classic, the good old days there. Yeah, I remember in high school later, there would be one computer with internet in every class and uh, kids going on to look at porn before class started. Classic <laughs> websites like, I believe, Steak and Cheese was a porn website. Oh, I don't remember that. Try one. typing that in. I don't know what'll happen, but uh, yeah. Things with not obvious porn URLs were typed mm. into the computer. Oh yes, the old back when URLs like meant something. Like the name, I mean, no, I who thinks of a URL anymore other than the social media site that like sends you to another thing mm. or, or an image board that does the same. And every website actually had the word .com at the end of it. Like mm. like you always you know, you always said it wasn't. You never said you went to uh, Amazon, which was a very no novel thing then. You say I'm going to Amazon.com. Or just the thought of like, oh, is there a Coca-Cola.com? What <laughs> happens if I go there? Like, uh, or any dirty word, like what's a dirty word, a dirty word.com. Just that was the adventure of it all. I remember Wired or one of those magazines putting out like a supplemental issue that was, here are our websites you should go to and <laughs> listing all of the addresses, even fan sites, these crazy new ideas. Yeah. And actually, yeah, at this that's right. I remember there were there were physical books full of email addresses, and they were called things like the Internet Yellow Pages. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it'll come up later when Lisa talks about copyrighted material on the internet. But at this time in the late '90s, early 2000s, Fox was shutting down fan sites right. for The Simpsons. Uh, they would call it getting foxed if your fan site right. got taken down. Now they're much uh, there's a much healthier relationship because they realize it's free promotion. But at the time, they're like, mm. "What that picture of Homer? We own that. You can't make an icon with Homer's face on it that you." click on to start your computer it was a much different time <laughs> 
these days uh companies look backwards if they or or completely out of the tie out of step with the times when they shut down stuff like that with like for example i'm a big fan of japanese pro wrestling and uh the top company there that i really enjoy watching their stuff is new japan but new japan they would get so many new followers if they would allow video essayists to make these nice there was this one guy called showbuckle who did these great videos like here's why new japan's awesome i love it and it got like his channel got shut down on like uh, every place because new japan saw it as as stealing instead of the best advertisement they could have gotten it was uh, it, it still happens to this day but yeah you're right it's not uh, most companies at least accept that this is uh, a good thing to go to go viral and recently our friend drew Mackey compiled a, a list of all of the simpsons uh gay jokes uh, not a list but a video and it's just on youtube and there's two hours of simpsons footage just on youtube that he compiled together and has not been taken down or copyright striked or anything like that mm-hmm. His only danger was the music. He had to cut around music because uh, he knew okay. that would get hit. But uh, but yeah, also this uh, this joke about the Simpsons hat. This was a real runner of mortgages jokes because uh, I think like two one or two episodes before this is Homer versus Dignity, and his financial planner describes him as having several mortgages. So now he's up to his fifth one by this episode. And uh, yeah, so Homer buys the PC drives it home by dragging it behind his car one of the stupidest things he's ever done uh but i will give them credit for they at least set up that pothole early like it doesn't just come out of nowhere and uh this is where the first there's a few deleted scenes of this this is the first one of note is that after homer knocks his brain uh you in the deleted scene you get a quick shot of the inside of his brain and it's the a droopy voiced old man version (laughs) of of homer saying like in about time too it's weird that homer talks to his brain and his brain doesn't talk back (laughs) this is the first time finally the brain talks back to him Homer then sets up his computer on the kitchen table in a very inconvenient place, and uh, he only has one command for uh, his computer. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Now then, computer, kill Flanders. Did I hear my name? My ears are burning. Good start. Now finish the job. Oh, you're busy. Catch you later, computator. Oh, $5,000 for a computer, and it can't handle a simple assignment. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, I'll set up your computer. Why don't you and Barco play in the backyard? Hear it! I do like the Kill Flanders joke, but they inadvertently stole a Star Wars, uh, sorry, Star Trek movie joke. Oh, yeah, it's the one into the mouse. Yeah, when yeah. Scotty picks up the mouse and talks into it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's from Star Trek Four. Yeah. It happens later, but it's really interesting how much of this episode's action is driven by Lisa trying to be helpful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, in the sense that it's like it's like she's she's trying to like you know set up the computer. Later, she gives advice about how to create a better website. Uh, but uh, it's like here she's trying to help things along, but of course it, it sort of ends disastrously. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, they kind of write Lisa in these seasons as a bit of a nag, even mm. though she is correct. I was kind of getting tired of her walking into the scene saying, Dad, you're not supposed to do this. <laughs> it seemed like it kept uh, happening uh, throughout the first two acts. I guess Marge isn't computer literate enough to be the nag in this case. Yeah. But yeah. yeah in, uh, you know, Travis, that touches on like a recurring theme I've seen so much. Q reporting of the younger the children of adults trying to help them with the internet that they don't understand but failing at it 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the the joke was that you know, you know, kids always have. I mean, this reflects something that happens in real life is that kids have often acted as a, a sort of tech support for their parents. You know, they thought that being computer literate was a you know an important sort of uh, thing to do in the twenty first century. They taught them how to connect to the internet, tell them how to use Facebook, and then they wound up getting radicalized. <laughs> and uh, I I also now especially in twenty twenty one. I got a, a darker chuckle at, oh, what's the first thing Hubbard does when he gets online? Threaten to kill someone. Yeah. That's his first plan. <laughs> uh, now there are so many tools for that. Also, this is like the third episode in a row where Homer relaxedly is like, I want to kill someone. <laughs> like that. They just, they really sold out the Homer character. I will also say the, the Simpsons are kind of cheating off themselves again here. That's their second time they've used a joke about the idiom of my ears are burning. Mm, okay. Uh, Homer did it before in a star is burns when he says like my ears are burning no really I tried to look inside so I lit a q-tip that really is the best one they should yeah. have stopped there I did enjoy the second shot of the computer in the trash outside although I would have liked to see it more in the fireplace <laughs> but then he couldn't have used it again so I understand yeah. why I just like a shot of something being thrown into a fireplace from the older episodes uh, and I love Homer's uh, way he goes like fine like uh, so there's uh, another big deleted scene right after that. Uh, right before he goes on to uh, the internet, he has another scene of turning it on and he lets Maggie randomly type letters into a URL and it goes to a website that Homer reacts to like so much nudity <laughs> and Bart and Milhouse run into the room to try to look at it and then Marge hits a button on it fast before they can see what's on the screen and they're like wow mom you're really fast at that and she says thanks to those killjoy classes at the Y uh, it sounds so like a March joke. They still make her a nag in some way. But um, uh, but yes, Homer turns on his PC. I noted that that is like my PC turn on noise in the year 2000 was certainly a clip from MST3K that was driving my parents crazy that they had to hear it every time they turned on the PC. The, the interface he's using and the sound effects you hear are all Macintosh based mm. but the computer clearly isn't so i guess somebody on the art side decided homer uses a mac or mm. the interface will be the mac interface and uh yeah homer goes to his first website is watching dancing jesus which i guess was a thing and i really love the midi sound of that website like mm. that really took me back but we had a, a lot of dancing gifts uh that websites dancing are... babies or dancing hitler Those uh hamster yeah. dance it's, oh hamster it started dance. with a dancing baby right this was a big icon it was on ali mcbeal who was a big deal with a dancing baby showed up on Ally McBeal, you know, because all of a sudden this show that internet culture was uh, all of a sudden uh, bleeding into primetime television. And there were sort of, yeah, there were lots of variations on, on the dancing baby, like dancing Jesus. Man, the dancing hamster one that reminds me again, one of my earliest trips to Snopes <laughs> was to prove to my friends like, no, this song is from Robin Hood, the right. Disney Robin Hood cartoon. They didn't write their own song for it. Like, so Snopes was a valuable thing back then. Mainly I used it to prove friends wrong about things. They're like, well, you know, this Disney movie, this happens. Like, yeah, it's uh, what Snopes now is, uh, they're pretty much just, uh, they're just ma mainstream lib stuff, aren't they? That's what they're mm. up to. Yeah, I mean, Snopes is, is still is still kicking around. They don't have the, I, I don't think they have the internet clout that they used to, certainly. And uh, then Homer accidentally swats himself by going to the uh, the Springfield <laughs> Police Department website. Uh, in this uh, quick next clip. Ooh, it's dancing Jesus! If there's a better use for the internet, I haven't found it. 
If you've committed a crime and you want to confess, click yes. Otherwise, click no. You have chosen no, meaning you've committed a crime but don't want to confess. A paddy wagon is now speeding to your home. Hey! While you wait, why not buy a police cap or t-shirt? You have the right to remain fabulous. The idea of a website selling you merchandise? Insane. I don't see 2000. it. <laughs> yeah, this is especially prophetic. The idea that just everything would, would be a brand and this every website, even something that's supposed to serve an essential government function, would be monetized. Well, and I mean, this is, you know, less than a year before 9-11 where police department shirts just became like a uniform for people to, uh, to support America. <laughs> And uh, it's also funny watching uh, the commentary because when they go to the Wiggum website, that's when several of the writers are like, man, remember when we all thought we were going to be billionaires going to icebox.com and doing doing animation there? Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, we covered the uh, the critic episodes they Oof. made for that. They were rotten. They should yes. have been on rotten.com. <laughs> I, I also like that uh, Homer, uh, another deleted scene is right after it. Homer is seen wearing the Springfield PD hat and he's then shopping at a virtual quickie mart, which hmm. again, the idea of like virtually shopping that, but that was such the nineties idea of the internet that like, uh, I remember this in the Shin Megami Tensei games too. The idea of like, well, the internet eventually will be a virtual world where your avatar will walk into a store and then buy a thing like that. That's so in the past. It turns now. out selecting things from a menu is much easier, or just yeah. slamming a button in your bathroom to order more toilet paper. <laughs> Homer's webpage really reminds me of this era of the internet, maybe uh, a bit before this, because my first webpage was, uh, there was a, a MIDI song playing in the background, it was a Mystery Science Theater page, mm -hmm. it was playing the ending theme, and of course, uh, I was not obnoxious enough to include automatically playing wave sound effects. I didn't go that <laughs> far, though. Oh yeah, just the idea of a website that instantly, like, the second you click on it, like, you had to brace for sound, like, alright, what is making sound, how do I stop it? Did either of you ever build websites? in this era uh yeah not 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 really not 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 especially mm -hmm. i was really more of a consumer of content i'll be honest <laughs> in a poster i uh was taught in that aforementioned computer class uh in high school how to do simple html text on the screen how to put an image the colors of backgrounds and text and so in class projects i did build uh, I think uh, something uh, something Spider-Man related. It's mm. definitely what it was. But uh, I never had the guts to even put it on the internet. Okay. I was so scared of like, uh, not probably because <laughs> I saw this. I was like, oh, watching the web counter not move would hurt so bad. I had a few Mystery Science Theater websites that I had not wow. no patience to keep up with. But I, I joined those web rings. Oh, I love, I miss oh. web rings. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that's, that that was a real feeling of discovery when you you came across a site that you liked, and then you saw that they participated in the web ring, and you just went on a journey to see <laughs> uh, what what other sites were in that particular ring. I remember those web rings. Uh, well, friend of the show, Virgil Texas. I I think it still is pin tweet. But yes, <laughs> the the image of seeing uh, Sailor uh, Jupiter like with arms crossed saying like if you've come here for hentai go somewhere else not here <laughs> uh i miss that i miss that kind of like just uh graphic design uh, style all the awards your website won oh yeah god uh and of course the under construction banner that's mm. what's missing on homer's website it really is yeah yeah i uh also i i i don't know who owns it but homersweb 
somebody recreated it and owns it now it did exist at one time for fox but now another person has it and whoever they are good on them because they just made that page and then dumped in a couple google ad widgets and i bet they've made thousands of internet dollars on that at the time they were making the fake websites you'd see on the shows Uh, previously in the season they made the whatbadgerseat.com website And there is a Mr. X website they made too. Yeah. But yeah. This, this one though, it also has like a PayPal button on there. Like buy me a duff. Like, so mm. whoever I give you an A for uh, your initiative there. Uh, and yes, I, in this, in this scene though of Homer's website, I like this bit of Bart trying to start another storyline and being rejected. <laughs> Here it is, everybody. The world's greatest website. <laughs> All the noises would be annoying, but they're not. I got suspended from school today. No kidding. What do you think of my page, Lisa? (laughs) Be honest, it's great, isn't it? Go ahead and say it's great if you want to. They found a switchblade in my locker. (laughs) Well, a web page is supposed to be a personal thing. You've just stolen copyrighted material from everyone else. They could sue you for that. I took a swing at a cop. They can't (laughs) sue me if they don't know who I am. I'll just call myself Mr. X. I'm just mad all the time. Yep, you can't <laughs> go wrong with Mr. X. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's some real post-Columbine jokes with Bart there, too, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think but, Bart... Oh, yeah, sorry. It, also, it also captures something that has sort of kind of emerging in the internet. It's an addictive quality to the point where people are getting sucked into, you know, um, all of the shiny new bells and uh the sort of new interesting experiences that the internet provided to the point that they are basically uh alienating alienating themselves from their immediate family which is uh, really something we see quite frequently with QAnon. i was there as a teenager because i watched an unhealthy amount of tv until we got the internet then i used an unhealthy amount of the internet so yeah, it went from yeah, nine hours right. of tv a day to nine hours of internet a day uh <laughs> I saw it as supplemental to my TV watching at a certain point. I was like, well, if I don't watch every show, then I can't I can't have the best opinions about <laughs> this on a, on, a, on a fan page. It did help you no. appreciate TV more. No, you needed to impress the nerds at alt.xfiles. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, oh, I'm going to bring up X-Files later for sure. But I, I, I also, uh, yeah, I like that Lisa seems to think copyrighted material would actually like be punished on that Homer was using it too. And that everybody's first website is just stolen gifts from other people's websites. Or I guess it's before a GIF even existed, I think. It's so cute because uh, there is this Tumblr account that has a snapshot of the last update of every GeoCities page. And it's so cute to see <laughs> what the internet was. And it was like, oh, it's Steve's webpage. Hi, I'm Steve. Here are the things I like. That's what every webpage was wow. at this time. Man. Yeah, it was it was people just trying to capture, basically, basically trying to be social with the internet before like social media was available. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's why social media was perfect for so many people to get obsessed with because it just smoothed off so many of the barriers to entry for people that they could just and then it's so much easier to obsess about a number there when you don't <laughs> even have to build the widget to count page views and it's not optional <laughs> yes yeah. uh and uh and so yes in another very uh troubling for now scene uh the next scene lisa sees homer has been up all night and is trying to pull him away from the internet but can't do it uh, and yes i also like that 
uh, Lisa s- describes the internet as for jokes, opinions, ideas, which I mean, that is that is what social media is for, for for good and for ill. <laughs> and uh, and yes, then Bart comes into the scene appearing to be fine. His troubles, I I feel like he's repressed his problems at home. He's again. pushed them down. Yeah. <laughs> And and so Homer realizes that he needs actual information and Bart passes along a rumor uh, that he heard from Nelson or possibly Jimbo that there is a secret pool in Mayor Quimby's house. And that is why nobody get or in and that's why nobody has potholes fixed because it's all being stolen. And it's Homer's this is Homer's first cue drop. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh and that he that his double his two source confirmation is Bart mis- saying it might have been Jimbo. I like that too. But uh, though I mean Quimby it's funny they had to think of like a sillier thing. They've done so many jokes that would have just been mayor quimby is cheating on his wife like that would be the obvious one i guess there are uh, quote-unquote floozies in his pool mm-hmm. we see later the oh, cheating yeah. is implied yeah extramarital affairs happen regularly in the secret pool it's more just like he he spent i guess they had to top it with quimby because they've been having him be a lech uh for a decade of the show now so they have to it has to be embezzlement as well uh but yes uh then comes up the mr x webpage homer posts this thing i did check the drudge archives and uh surprisingly they did not report on this episode at least from from trolling through it hmm. the first mention of the simpsons in the the drudge archives i could find online was a 2002 post uh because in 2002 the rumor was the series was about <laughs> to end so well maybe if homer was wearing his tom landry hat it might be more oh, like God. Drudge because didn't Drudge wear a little hat? Drudge loves it. Yes, as as and a pedantic gay conservative, <laughs> of course he has one of those dumb like uh, uh, stupid little hats. Yes, <laughs> but uh, but yes, Mister X gets his first readers in this next clip. Let's see here. X-rated girls already bookmarked. Dial X for sex, Mister X. Hmm. Shall I cross the final frontier? <laughs> Look. Mm. What's this? Stolen funds, pothole money used for swimming pool. There's no emoticon for what I'm feeling. Our mayor's corrupt. Well, Mr. X has done this town a great service, despite his poor grammar and spelling. (laughs) Seymour, are you looking at naked ladies? No, mother. You sissy. I guess uh, conceivably in the year 2000, you uh, it, it would have been possible to see all the porn. You could run out of updated porn websites by 2000, yeah. It, but it, it expanded more and more from there. I, I mean, this... I think they really did capture a very, like, sad thing of the internet then of, like, I'm bored with pornography. <laughs> like, the feeling of, huh, I'm bored. Should I look at different porn? I've, I've run out of all the other porn I look at. I think uh, video porn might have been very primitive at this time. Maybe like real player stuff or like flash player stuff. I mean, maybe. Yeah, I didn't. I I didn't. Uh, I don't want to get too gross <laughs> in this talking pornography, but I. But that's I, the name of the show now. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I downloaded my first video file of porn until oh one or oh two when my friends told me Kazaa could be used for mm. that. And then the second I had that information, boy, did I use it. Uh, but but back then, yeah, I, it was very rare to see a moving image of pornography yeah i think kazaa and BitTorrent were both 2001 mm. and that really changed the, the the limits of pornography on the internet yeah i mean yeah the 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 download 
the download capabilities of the internet like for most users back then wasn't great and so i mean any video like maybe it would be like a real-time video or something or maybe an avi but yeah it would be it would take forever to download and it was very poor quality so yeah so i could see why you would feel a sense of uh existential despair at the, <laughs> at the amount of pornography that was actually available on the internet in the around 2000 and uh sp- like size was an issue too in terms of uh you know hard drive space I remember my first computer around this time, the hard drive was 1.6 gigs. Mm-hmm. And now I can just buy a four terabyte hard drive for uh, 80 bucks. And then there's also the fears of having, using the family computer for pornography. You have to like, how do you, how do you clear history? How do you delete all your you cookies? Hide? Yeah, all that stuff. But I like the uh, comic book guy becomes bi-curious out of boredom. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> uh, and that uh, it reminded me of a joke I hadn't seen until watching our friends Drew's video on it. The invention of the character comic book gay, his cousin. And there's a great joke where he's asked like, oh, so do you like comic books? Only certain kinds. Hmm. Though this scene also echoes a scene from season nine in DOS Bus. Right. Downloading Captain Janeway. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it's he's going to the internet king which is homer for faster nudity so uh yeah this uh i but then comic book guy goes through the other experience of the internet of like learning something and instantly being angry and like what do i do with this with his rage i read on the internet yeah he also yeah he also served that uh sort of talks about how like the internet the the nerds were really the vanguards of like the 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 scandalous information (laughs) and they are important hubs in spreading it to the normies like principal skinner (laughs) i i also i don't want to sound too much like a prude but i do wonder sometimes about our teenage years and every teen after that like how much are our brains melted by having unlimited amounts of pornography at our fingertips? Like, I, I don't know. Again, I don't, I don't want to sound like a prude, but I think sometimes like we, we probably didn't need to have that much pornography available to us. Well, this show was again, a real snapshot of who was using the internet and for what 20 years ago. And I think the idea was like, Oh yeah. Only sad losers jerk off to porn on the internet. Now I think it's understood that we've all, we've all looked at porn on the internet. It's just so available that it's hard not to sometimes, especially when you're locked up alone in your apartment and you can't go outside for 18 months <laughs> yeah but uh, i think it's now understood it's like yeah we all do it but just we don't talk about it mm-hmm. uh, i like that uh, seymour is shamed for not looking at naked ladies huh. uh, i got to but uh but yeah so the reporters the mainstream media picks up on this internet rumor and quickly corroborates the evidence busting into quimby's secret pool room i love that the fountain is being repaired with a bag that says pothole cement by a city worker <laughs> labeled city worker that's great i love that and uh and as it's exposed there's then a very funny uh reaction headline of uh the headline first on the secret pool and then the second headline is mr x makes headlines <laughs> and uh but then it feels like that i thought that funny enough thing to go to on break but then they have the, like i don't know not as funny a joke of Homer equating that with feeling like god and wanting two of every animal it's a very unrelated to the plot joke there yeah it's, it's kind of a weak act break i feel like it's something they pulled out of the joke book of like well we cut this from another thing just put that there i mean yeah it is a weak joke but i did like about about how basically homer who was who 
very recently threw away his computer because he was so bored with it, all of a sudden feels all powerful because he's he's using the power of uh, distributed information on the internet in order to take down the mayor. Yeah, you know, you're right. Homer is feeling the high that everyone feels uh, when uh, just from a viral social media post or just within a friends group on Facebook sharing a thing that like shames everybody else or yeah. whatever. I mean, honestly, this is the, the kind of addictive feeling I think a lot of QAnon people get because they like like to imagine that them just sitting by their computer and posting memes, uh, they can somehow, you know, take down Hillary Clinton. That's mm -hmm. the dream. Uh, and uh, so we come back from the commercial break and we have another, like, I think very prescient scene of mainstream media reacting to mm, the yeah. Internet breaking news. I, I love hearing this from Kent. A new internet watchdog is creating a stir in Springfield. Mr. X, if that is his real name, has come up with a sensational scoop. Darn tootin'. But we must never forget that the real news is on local TV, delivered by real, officially licensed newsmen like me, Kent Brockman. Coming up, how do they get those dogs to talk on the beer commercials? Cowboy Steve will tell you. <laughs> I'm happy you got the potholes filled, but it's still irresponsible to present rumors as facts. Maybe you should quit while you're ahead. No way. Mr. X is going to keep on digging and probing until every person in this town is in jail. <laughs> He's going to lock up the sickos. It's going to be That's the true. storm coming. All the pool sickos. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, uh, this is very funny because now a lot of, a lot of cable news is our anchors just reading tweets. Uh, the last five fucking years, every yeah. time I turn on CNN or like when me and you would go, when we could go to a pizza place in between recordings and relax, uh, they'd have on the news and it would be CNN and it's like, well, this tweet just happened, this tweet. I'm like, it it really is just reading me tweets as part of CNN yeah. content. This is, again, another snapshot of the past in which I remember being in uh, in college in the early 2000s and uh, begrudgingly uh, professors would say, all right, you can use two Internet sources because <laughs> they knew it was kind of the future. But they're like, no, the real information is in books. That's where all the real information goes. And then uh, obviously Wikipedia don't even go there way off limits. Don't even mm -hmm. touch it. But now I feel that Wikipedia is reputable and if, if you shouldn't directly cite the page. But if, if you look at the reference links, that's where all your information is. Like, follow yeah. that. They source the things and then you can sort. If people have heard us do histories on stuff and be like, mention a sourced page, I probably first used, me or you probably first yeah. used Wikipedia to take us to that page or the page that took us to that page. But uh, but I mean, even that uh, terrible show Newsroom, even in like uh, five years ago, was doing uh, lines on the show of like, oh, he got it from the uh. internet. Uh, call me when a real newsman newses you about this. Uh, and uh, I also, I want to see more of that character cowboy steve i want to see that guy what's he i don't think to? he came back no i he doesn't even have a, a simpsons wiki page i could find oh that sucks uh, and I think that Talking Dog beer commercial they're me referencing is Budweiser's 2000 Super Bowl ad of, oh. uh, of a dog uh, talking about how much his owner loves uh, Budweiser. You know what? Uh, I will borrow from Matt Christman because he had a really great point on a recent episode of Chapo Trap House in that before we had memes as we know them, the Super Bowl commercials was where you got your memes for the mm. year. You right. got your five or six memes for the year, and then you would disseminate them throughout your <laughs> office. And that was it. You, you go in and talk about the Budweiser frogs or what's up or whatever. Yeah. And before uh, the yeah the Budweiser frogs or the dog, there was the, there was the Taco Bell dog that said, Yo, Kiero, Taco Bell. And this was very exciting for everyone. And this was memes <laughs> in like the late 90s. My mom had a talking Taco Bell dog that said that when you touched this little paw. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, I think... Uh, 
uh, my my favorite as a kid growing up were the Bud Bowl ads. I I liked I liked in this recent uh, they did an Avengers Endgame of Bud Light ads ad this year, and I didn't think I didn't get every reference, but when I saw the Bud Bowl characters run by, I was like, yeah, Bud Bowl. That finally the thing that entertained kids that they had to stop <laughs> doing because of like legal uh the government didn't like it uh and yes i do like that lisa's trying to get him to stop while he's ahead he, he actually did affect good change so how about we stop there but no uh homer heads off to the quickie mart and stumbles upon his next big exclusive yeah a coconut bagel like poison it tastes all right i'll tell you a secret my bagels are nothing but weak old donuts. Uh, who am I to point the finger? I once ran over a guy in a parking lot and dumped the body on a golf course. <laughs> <laughs> what a bum show. In the interest of public safety, we have confiscated every donut, bagel, cruller, and bear claw in the city. And some coffee. This morning, Mr. X reported that your own department... I know, I know, but I assure you, the police do not take prisoners out of their cells and race them. Anymore. Well, what about using the electric chair to cook chicken? Uh, yeah, all right, this press conference is over. Go away, I no, it's over, Phil. Uh, police it's over. <laughs> that sounds like an ad-lib to me, but it's very funny. It's so funny. Uh, yeah. It's over. Uh, I like that is very much cop speak too of just like uh, no we don't do that anymore we stopped it today when we heard the news <laughs> was about to break so yeah we stopped uh, I also I mean I I don't think you see reporters that combat, combative with cops these days though, no but, no uh, uh, but yeah, I I gasp still hearing Krusty admit to what seemingly <laughs> is the very least manslaughter yeah right? <laughs> At the very least, I mean, yeah. What's I, what's really amazing is that the show always kind of portrayed Krusty as as a kind of like a Hollywood sleaze bag, but but he was he wasn't really that bad. I mean, the whole premise of like like Krusty gets busted was that it's like there's no way someone like Krusty could commit something as heinous as armed robbery, but here he's fucking uh, uh, confessing to uh, to yeah, basically vehicular manslaughter. It's not the first time he hit someone. I was just thinking of when he was visiting Homer in the hospital because of his vroom, glug, glug, vroom, vroom, thunk, thunk. That's right. Incident. He's killed so many people. Okay. <laughs> then that's not a huge line crossing for Krusty that no. I thought it was. I guess him whispering about it and understanding he killed someone, I guess, makes it even darker. Yeah. Uh, the other line, at least he expressed uh, like a little bit of shame. Or at least like, he's like, yeah, whispering to someone else like, yeah, I, I killed the guy and hid the body <laughs> D- just yeah. telling a poo this <laughs> uh well you know he sells him gigantic asses and all other pornography so i i can see they have a special bond They're pretty tight uh, that bagels versus donuts thing it did remind me of uh back when i worked at a office uh it was this very silly thing where well-meaning managerial dorks gave us bagels instead of donuts it's like no it's bagel friday it's like i contend that bagels are just i i are have to be 95 percent as unhealthy as if they bought us donuts but they didn't like the optics of mm, buying donuts instead of bagels i guess they're they're slightly unhealthy until you smear crap all over them then they're as unhealthy as donuts yeah that's the whole so in a way it's your them. fault <laughs> uh, i i i mean i had co-workers who literally dug out the insides of bagels and be like all right i guess this is less carbs <laughs> but i i remember there was a fight that 
they some people wanted donuts but not enough and then other people started getting like even the healthier option of like bran muffin kind of stuff and that caused so much upheaval that like they actually had to send out an email like okay bagels will be <laughs> back next friday it's bagels again i had a protein bagel for breakfast this morning and i knew i was lying to myself <laughs> Though for my nine months as an unpaid intern at that website, those bagels kept me going. That was those bagels were my payments at uh, that very illegal work situation. Uh, but yeah, so Homer is affecting real change, and he's getting famous. But can he enjoy that fame? Now that shot. The public should be warned. I wish Mr. Rex were here. Oh, I don't know, Carl. He might be closer than you think. Are you him? Are you Mr. X? No. Oh, but you talked in that real sly voice. Hey, hey, everybody! Home is Mr. X! I am not! Or am I? Are you? No! <laughs> well, if Mr. X were here right now, I'd buy him a tall Frosty. Hey, Mo, can you keep a secret? No. Not even a little one? No. What if I just whisper it? No, I tells you. Oh! Mo, even for his own self, he should just lie and say he can keep a secret and learn a secret. But he he actually is too good natured there to be like, no, no, I simply can't. You can't tell me. Yeah, he's being, I guess, atypically self-aware and honest in this particular <laughs> moment. It is a good takedown of that sitcom trope that Homer kind of does. Like, maybe he's closer than you think, Carl. And then Carl immediately figures it out because yeah. <laughs> it's so obvious. Only in fiction would someone not fall for that. Oh, uh, I love I love Homer going like, or am I? Are you? No. <laughs> uh, it's so I I like to I want to hear more about Lenny's uncle with this scoop on Miss Springfield that she wears. She wears makeup <laughs> to improve her appearance. <laughs> Uh, then, uh, we cut to the next day. Homer's at the plant. Uh, I have to assume most days Homer sits on the toilet at least a couple hours at work. And Burns using the employee bathroom. We, we just covered the episode where we see the executive bathroom that rarely returns, to be fair. Yeah, I guess uh, this time Burns just had to wash his hands very quickly. But <laughs> I, uh, I like that he says, as Burns describes a journalistic dynamite twice, and a uh, great weak burns joke of he be, him being slammed against the wall by a hand dryer and still drying his hands off on his pants anytime, after all that anytime i give up and wipe my wet hands on my pants i do think of this shot of burns doing it of just this give up like whatever <laughs> like just there on my pants i don't care i'm wearing dark pants today no one will notice and uh and then very shocking in the year 2000 to have a joke about selling i guess back to the future did do this too yeah but uh, that was also 15 years before this episode yeah yeah <laughs> but i i i like how as burns is selling uranium to clearly middle eastern terrorists uh he is delighted to be said be told he is a credit to the great satan i love that and uh, we also see Homer, though, is watching it all in the vents. Uh, there's a very fun little ADR line of Homer saying, I love spying. I love that line. <laughs> the funniest part of this outside of the cultural, outside of the baggage that has uh, been attached to this over time is uh, the fumes from the uranium, which I guess happens, goes into the vent. And uh, Homer gets knocked out and his pad slips out. And then Burns is like, oh, this place is falling apart. <laughs> I love and sticks the pad back in the vent. So Burns has uh, no idea like what is even happening in his own office. I also have to think Homer has developed some form of cancer. Yeah, from that. sure. But, uh, but you know what? Again, second time knocked out by gas in the episode before he even goes to the village mm, it's a real theme here yeah. uh but yes uh as homer is reporting on it the next day he has to double check his notes uh for who it is and who's selling the uranium to the terrorist mm. Mm -hmm. 
Montgomery Burns. Now we wait. Let go of me. I'm innocent. Whoa, he's in trouble. <laughs> I love that joke that Burns is not only arrested instantly, but outside Homer's home for some reason. <laughs> or arrested far away and just dragged all the way to the police station or whatever. That's great. I... Uh, there's so much in this episode that has to be non-canonical for the series to continue, but that and that includes Burn actually getting in trouble and going to jail for a long time for selling selling uranium to terrorists. I mean, we also learn in this moment that uh, the FBI is apparently on Mr. X's webpage looking for uh, tips for criminal activity. <laughs> yeah, they, they are, there's another turn in this story that could have been that Homer just uh, becomes a plant for the FBI uh, but and would have happily done so, I bet. Uh, but yes, yeah, so it then cuts to a Pulitzer ceremony, which... Normally, those are done in New York City, <laughs> not in the front of Town Hall. It must but... be a, a local Pulitzer. <laughs> uh, and they accurately drew the Pulitzer Award. Uh, I looked into it. Uh, I don't know how much it was in 2000, but uh, these days you get $15,000 hmm. along with a Pulitzer Award. About uh, five, six years ago, they increased it by 5000 bucks. But, but apparently the journalism one... You don't get money, you get that gold medal, I've I have read. Or maybe you, you get the money in addition now. Sell on eBay for money. Yeah. <laughs> it's real gold. A uh, very funny joke in this that I think is super subtle in that Homer reveals his identity by disguising himself. Oh, it's a very a, funny joke. That's great. I love that. That he becomes, he is the Q figure then, unmasking or uh, masking himself. Remasking. Remasking himself, yes. Yeah, just because yeah, the, the picture with the question mark bag over his head reveals his true identity. It It is a great uh, joke on the mr x website that the bag is off of his head for one yeah. second as the image loads i do love that joke too um i mean yeah what i also like is like you know earlier in this episode you know the computer salesman kind of brushed off uh homer saying that he's been in space and now he's like winning a pulitzer and this is a i guess i guess you know obviously a constant theme of homer just falling ass backwards into incredible uh, accomplishments you know you're right from then on in the series homer could be called pulitzer Pro prize winner homer simpson like this this is canonical he will always have had a pulitzer prize they're not they're not making this point but i feel a lot of people have an immense amount of wealth because they were just first to the internet they made a website around this time they sold it for millions of dollars and that's all they ever needed to do just because mm -hmm. they were the first one to have a url or the mm -hmm. first one to have some gaming website they just sold it away and now they're comfortable for life or invest in well, paypal yeah. for example yeah, yeah that too i mean that's the story of mark cuban right right yeah he, he he, he developed a broadcast.com, which I know one knows now, sold it to Yahoo for a billion dollars. And then that website was eventually uh, basically uh, decommissioned because it just wasn't uh, did, didn't really work well with how the Internet was developing. But he was nonetheless became a billionaire because he was very early uh, in developing basically uh, products for the Internet. It's uh, it's kind of amazing that those people now are just they they are the movers and shakers of now, even though it sucks like they I uh, I mean, if it wasn't for PayPal, I wouldn't have to know who Elon Musk is like oh. <laughs> I'd, I'd be so much happier not knowing that. And, and same with Jeff Bezos, who I want to I, I, I look forward to living to the day when he officially becomes a trillionaire, the world's first trillionaire beautiful day though <laughs> um i uh talk about another subtle joke i always forget every time that right after homer wins the award uh he what pushes him over the edge is knowing that it would go to starving children instead and then, right uh then marge bringing it back up i was like oh yeah that's 
I got, I just love how I laugh too hard at Homer saying like they're with God now. And then March going, Oh, Oh, <laughs> realizing that means the starving children have died of, of that starvation. Homer's fine with uh, indirectly killing children. <laughs> Uh, he is definitely not a save the children type guy. But, uh, but also, uh, I like that Scully on the commentary even dumps on how obvious the joke is that Homer with the bag on his head is going to walk into a lamppost. <laughs> like, they're like, well, who, who saw that coming? It is true. It's uh, Homer didn't hurt himself yet in the past 30 seconds. Let's do it. <laughs> and so now Homer's walking around proudly with his, uh, his Pulitzer Prize, but no one wants to share their secrets with Homer. Sir. Finally. But I do feel bad about the starving children. They're with God now. Well, well, that's good. Mm. Hey guys, how's it going? Oh, don't worry about the Mr. X thing. I'm just here for a beer. Uh, I don't know if I want you in here no more, Homer. Uh, I got a lot of secrets. I prefer to keep clandestine. Uh, terrible, disturbing secrets. So hungry. I smell another Pulitzer. (laughs) So Homer discovers a literal underground mole man being kept captive in Moe's place. Like, that's pretty amazing. That is Hans Mole Man, right? Yeah. They were ahead on the mole people thing of uh, the Q conspiracy as well. (laughs) Definitely. Surprised he didn't just go straight to the police with this information. (laughs) Uh, Is Moe working for the Getty Foundation? I wonder. Right. Uh, But I... As a kid or as a teen, I did think that was almost too. Uh, there's no joke that's too dark for Mo. I know, but like the idea that he was holding a person captive under his floorboards <laughs> and starving him, I was like, boy, that that feels like a, an increase from keeping pandas who die in crates. You know, are we before the or after the episode where he says, "I ain't never said no to a dead girl yet"? So this is after that. Okay. So yes, you know, this isn't as bad as uh, as that joke's implication. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I also like that in the next scene as Homer's trying to collect gossip, he is literally sitting on the sidewalk waiting for people to walk by saying secrets. <laughs> uh, and uh, so the next day, Homer is very sad that his website's collecting tumbleweeds. Uh, and Lisa makes a suggestion that again leads Homer in the wrong direction. Well, you can't post news if you don't have any. That's a great idea. I'll make up some news. Uh, at least take off your Pulitzer Prize when you say that. <laughs> Let's see now. Bulletin. New race discovered. Living six inches under Denver. Oh, Dad. <laughs> All named Morton. Or Mortensen. This Mr. X says Spanish and Italian are the same language. Well, that's surprising. They're controlling our minds with flu shots. I knew it. Well, kids, now aren't you glad we don't believe in inoculations? (laughs) Yay! Mommy? (laughs) Hey, Mr. X, I got a tip for you. In science class, they're dissecting frozen hobos, and I have the bindles to prove it. Real news is great, son, but I'm getting a thousand hits an hour with grade A bullplop. The the uh, the joke of Todd seeing his dead mother in heaven was very very good and unexpected. I forgot that Capper did the joke. It was funny yeah. enough to see them shivering and dying of the flu. Uh, I'd never. I always forget that one too. Like him just saying "mommy" is so so dark and awful, but so funny too. God. And Homer is kind of stumbling into the Denver airport conspiracies too. Mm. 
right with this uh this new mole people idea yeah man uh, i think that this is such a i mean, the, the way that the second act works is such a sort of a pithy kind of explanation of the per- perverse incentives that uh, sort of the internet publishing creates because you know it can lead to great things such as you know uncovering corruption but then uh, then the the people who have these platforms they're not incentivized to tell the truth they're incentivized to get hits and that leads to uh, uh sort of tabloid uh bullshit yeah, I mean, having worked in online media, Henry and I wrote about video games, so not as serious as politics. But now when I see people trashing a bad headline or a bad article, I am more sympathetic because I think, you know, that person, that was one of five things they had to write that day. They have to find clicks or else they don't have a job. And what job they do have will never be stable. So I'm slightly mm. more sympathetic in some ways, depending on what the content is. Yeah. If someone has a bad take or whatever, of just like, is this game uh, actually bad? Yeah. Like, then you're like, I know you had to write a thing like that. Like, this game that's the best is actually the worst. Like, you got to feed the beast somehow. But uh, Homer, especially, like, he is falling into the trap of, like, he started with some level of truth and he got addicted to the fame of it that now he's like well i don't have more truth i have to continue this i'll just make shit up and though i guess uh something i've learned from QAnon and on is like the making up of things is i mean it isn't it it's both the search for attention but also like a prank or like trolling right yeah i mean yeah the point obviously is to make something go viral and 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 spread and then cause problems for the mainstream media i mean is that this sort of derives from you know from chan culture uh kind of a meme creating and attention grabbing and so it it leads to this uh sort of improvisational um sort of news making where they sort of construct theories and the goal is to make theories that are catchy it's not about fact it's about uh what can you sort of inject into the broader information ecosystem that makes people believe it and uh I also I think it makes a really interesting point that who are the first two people to fall for Homer's new lies? A doctor and a hardcore conservative <laughs> Christian professional. They, I think that might have been an accident, but it turns out to be real and truthful. Yes, yeah. yeah, I think they were trying to make a joke that, uh, especially if you look in the background, a diploma is right behind Doctor Hibbert mm. as he says, "Oh, Spanish and Italian are the same language." Like uh, the joke is, he'd be like, you wouldn't think he'd be so stupid to believe that, but like Doctor, a lot of Q yeah. pill people are what you would consider a professional class like that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, a surprising number. I mean, yeah, we, we talked about the two QAnon lawyers who are uh, sort of uh, Sidney Powell and Lyd Wood, who became famous because of their attempts to overturn the election. There are also a couple of QAnon doctors. In Australia, there's a guy named uh, uh, Dr. Russell McGregor, who is a psychiatrist who actually was struck from the medical register because he was so Q-pilled and the uh, medical board there didn't like it very much. I think, I don't know if this is bullshit, uh, my own philosophy is I think uh, people of our generation had an edge in that we grew up with the internet, so we had the training to understand like, oh, that is complete bullshit, or that person's lying, or that's a joke, and a lot of these people did not come to the internet until they, it came on their phones, mm-hmm. so they did not have the preparation to understand certain contexts and certain, you know, untruthfulness. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, when you're growing up with the internet, you kind of like, you kind of like appreciate, like, this information could be coming from a dipshit 
like me. Yeah. Like who, who has no incentive to tell the truth and maybe is having fun trolling or something like that. But if you're, if you're in, if in your entire life, all of the content you consume has been edited and ha by someone else who, who cares about the truth. And you kind of assume that, well, there has to be uh, something reliable about this. Why else would it be published? Then yeah, that just allows, you know, the, the worst nonsense to get through your filters and uh, make you believe the very, very stupid things. Yeah, not to say our generation is infallible on. Oh, of course bullshit. not. No, yeah, but the no, 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 yeah. But one of the uh, positive side effects of being too online is a certain level of like deep cynicism and also irony that you can at least like recognize like that just sounds like a joke someone would say i don't think that's real also what what happens with nelson suggesting a thing to homer that's what really happens to the drudges like mm. as well that you become a place for other tipsters to bring you information like once once drudge got famous enough after the Lewinsky thing he became like oh every person who has oppo dump they're gonna hand it to him and he'll just publish it whether true or not and so that's what nelson is trying to do for homer here with hmm. a very dark joke about they were doing a lot of dead hobo jokes back then that is true yeah actually this fits continuity because in homer versus dignity they say when do we come the lowest rung of society and homer says i think when that cold snap killed all the hobos so these frozen hobos could be the <laughs> ones killed by that cold snap that had been kept on ice well it's a john Swartzwelder script so there has to be hobos or at least yes. a mention of hobos and a hatred of them and yes. thinking that they are uh beneath uh, they are lower than human life <laughs> yes uh i like the phrase bull plop as well but uh Homer then heads into the quickie mart, but finds out all is not as it seems, and he is being uh, taken away in a false quickie mart. Uh, and uh, there's when Bart then goes into the shop right after and uh, unties Apu. It's a very old Apu joke for him to say, like this is not a library. Like he he didn't do those jokes in a while. No, it was. Uh, I guess it was a fun reuse of that old line because his uh, his mumbling underneath his tape was not saying, you know, save me, help me. He was mad that Bart was looking through the magazines. Yes, and uh, and Homer's chant of save me, Mister X. Wait, I'm Mister X. Ah. It's a good line to go out on. And uh, then we come to the prisoner-filled third act, which Mark Kirkland, the director and his team, worked very hard on mm -hmm. accurately designing like the characters Homer first speaks to in the island, not the village. If I said the village earlier, that's the name of it on the prisoner, but it's the island in the in the show. But in all the characters he speaks to, now that I've watched the just the first three episodes, I'm like, oh, that's that actor, that's that actor. That's Forget that. about the internet from this point onwards. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and yes, that Homer wakes up, talks to a bunch of prisoner references, even says, so I'm a prisoner? Which is hitting it very much yeah. on the head, but... And, I'd never seen the prisoner before, so I didn't get any of this as as an eighteen year old. What is the deal of all the birds wearing different hats and one smoking a cigar? Um, it's just the general da da view of okay. it. Everything's supposed to feel weird in there, and that includes a lot of like loose birds walking around in in the village in the series, and a lot yeah. of uh, special hats, bowler hats being worn. 
Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, when I when I first watched the, this episode, I thought the third act was sort of like a, I don't know a turn to silliness. <laughs> it's like it's like I felt like they were trying. Uh, Schwarzwelder was approaching some kind of like commentary about the intersection of technology and information, uh, but then he kind of they diverged into this weirdness. But I feel like uh, in some sense, it's like what we're witnessing now this is the consequences of like a, so much misinformation on social media is that there is no concept of truth and things are just turning absurd. And mm. now there's kind of blue anon in which which people, uh, some who are maybe of the more liberal persuasion, start buying into a lot of fake news and they start uh, trusting uh, sort of uh, secret information sources and stuff. So I suppose that, you know, the end re- in one one sense, you could say that, they, you know, the end result of all this in- misinformation is that we do enter into a you know a dada absurd kind of uh, uh world in which uh, there's n- nothing at all makes sense i don't know if i see a twitter thread that starts with the phrase game theory i believe it <laughs> that guy knows what he's talking about i just like that uh I, I mean i wish i had more context to enjoy this and i haven't seen the prisoner yet but i just like that this was forced upon 16 million people in the year 2000 <laughs> they just had the freedom to do this and i kind of appreciate the audacity of it on that level oh sure yeah well and also i mean this vision of the island where people who are held back from society by i mean how different is this from the vision of the deep state mm. that uh secretly already tried and executed people and <laughs> replaced them with their clones you know and it's all run by jfk jr who is still alive you're absolutely true i mean yeah there's lots of uh clone theories especially in early q anon there their claims like how did they they try to reconcile the fact that hillary clinton seemed to be alive and well and q <laughs> promised the imminent arrest of hillary clinton and some of them reconciled this by saying that no no hillary clinton is in gitmo but this is a body double because the 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 public couldn't handle the truth of the crimes that she has committed quite yet. So yeah, this is a very, again, real QAnon kind of uh, thing, but they're, but they're basically implying that it's, it's, it's real. And uh, I love Homer when he gets in the, he says like, well, I'm getting out of here. Hello, operator. I'd like to report a really weird island. <laughs> this is uh, one of, uh, I mean, they're really going for overkill on here, but one of maybe six times he's gassed in the third act. Yes, it's he's, uh So right after this, there's a deleted scene that is another gassing. Uh, so <laughs> the phone gasses him, which I guess I thought, I never knew that all these gassing jokes were specifically prisoner references but definitely when they did it to Tom Jones in season four, that yeah. was had to be a prisoner reference too. It's just after watching this, I did watch the intro to the prisoner and I did laugh. Uh, they did not intend for this to be funny, but I did laugh at the gas just shooting through his giant keyhole into yes. his flats. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, how many times on a contemporary of the prisoner on on Adam West Batman did colorful gas knock out mm. our, our beloved heroes? Uh, but yeah, so in this deleted scene, after being knocked unconscious in the phone booth homer wakes up and he's riding a velocipede the uh the big tire bicycles which is an iconic image of the uh of the prisoner okay. series and then he falls off it and then a flower gasses him in the face <laughs> uh and uh and then i also have to give it out Klaus, and the more we see of the the island uh him and his team really captured the musical stylings of the prisoner really well it later they will just play the music from it but this this is just a kind of motif of it and uh yes then homer meets the big guest star of the episode uh you know i haven't played the death jingle in a while but it is appropriate here death stalks you at every turn Ah, there it is 
Reynolds. Yeah, Patrick McGowan, who played uh, number same character, number six? Number six. Okay, yep. yeah. By name and everything. So kind of this is it. And he was co-creator of The Prisoner. So this could be considered in canon with The Prisoner. Okay. Uh, died at age 80 in 2009. And yeah. uh, I was looking, The Prisoner only had 17 episodes, so it's very watchable. Oh, man. you fly, I'm flying right through it. Like, it's... I could see why the nerds of the generation before us on PBS watch the show over and over again. And just all, also, it is an incredibly enigmatic show that didn't leave you with answers. And so it was an early, you know, fan theory uh, world for people to live in of like, then who really is number one? Is it all a dream? What could his real name be? All of these secrets. Like it was also the things, everything that you could say about Lost that people were like, is it, is it actually that he's dead? it in purgatory like is it all a dream all that stuff people were saying that about the about the prisoner as well and there were there was no internet at the time so you would have to buy Starlog and join a sci-fi <laughs> pen pal group to talk about it uh and that uh mcguin too that he apparently was uh, he had a, a wife who was a realtor that worked for many of the writers on the show and that she reported to them that he was incredibly proud of being on the show and uh, but yes here is uh our special guest who only goes by number six welcome friend i'm number six i'm number 15 what number are you i am not a number i am a man and don't you ever oh wait i'm number five <laughs> in your face number six yes well done <laughs> who are all these oddballs well they keep us here because we know too much Number 27 there knows how to turn water into gasoline. Number 12 knows the deadly secret behind Tic Tacs. And I invented the bottomless peanut bag. Wow. So, who brought us here? I don't know. Did you bring us here? No. <laughs> it's very much the same joke as are you Mr. X? I know. It's I do like it though. Yeah. It makes me laugh. It's it's a great gag about number 6 re refuting a fan theory of like hey, oh, are actually you in charge of the island? No, I'm not. And no. in the series it's very much uh he he is like I am not a number. Yes, but yeah. in the show Homer <laughs> clearly embraces the number and then uses it against somebody that he's better than them. Yes, here's here's the original line from uh, the opening of every episode. I am not a number. I am a free man. There you go. There, there you go. Uh, and it's a very Cold War show. And also, like, I, I could see why a lot of the uh, the Atlas Shrugged crowd would be into it. Not to say that it's the, uh, you can be a libertarian, you don't have to be a libertarian to like the show. But I can see why that group would get into it. It's about well. how society holds down a rugged individualist yes, like number six. Exactly. Uh, but yes, uh, Homer also instantly treating it as like, oh, these numbers are ranked. Like, the five <laughs> is better than six. Uh, and I, you may... You may be you may be uh, recalling back to a stonecutter's experience. Oh, you're right. They're stealing yeah. another joke there. I think yeah. Homer is just adapting his stonecutter's knowledge to this new group. Yeah, he's like, oh, another secret society. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe he even would have if he had paid attention when he was. Uh, the chosen one he could have learned all about this secret society through stonecutter connections uh but yes the all the the ideas to the bottomless peanut bag turning water into gasoline these the the funny ideas of what they don't want us to have and they there, put them on an island there's a lot going on in this five minute third act because we also cut back to the search for homer's body oh yes yeah <laughs> Uh, which has another you can't escape Blair Witch jokes that the sign on the Springfield Forest is like 
Witch free since 1998, which like just it was a phenomenon. Was yeah, uh, it's a fun little joke, but I kind of wish we didn't see it because I want the point of view to stay with Homer in the village the whole time. But I do really like that uh, the name of the body searching dog is Scraps, and Marge just thinks that's cute. I like that, and also that Wiggum will potentially make Lou drown by not letting him take <laughs> off his shoes when going in the ocean. Uh, and yes, then Homer finds out where he's there when meeting uh, a version of the number two character from Prisoner. How's every little thing? Who are you and why are you holding me here? I want answers now or I want them eventually. Fair enough. I'll level with you. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Ow. Please, don't do that. Sorry. I'll be blunt. Your webpage has stumbled upon our secret plan. That's impossible. All my stories are bullplop. Bullplop! Don't be cute. I'm referring to the flu shot expose. You see, we're the ones loading them with mind-controlling additives. But why? To drive people into a frenzy of shopping. That's why flu shots are given just before Christmas. Of course. It's so simple. Wait, no, it's not. It's needlessly complicated. Yes, it is. And we can't have you out there mucking it up now, can we? No, sir. <laughs> Elmer quickly accepts, like, no, sir. That's no. Fair. That'd be bad of me. Uh, man, that also, yes, the Homer saying like, wait, no, it's not. It's needlessly complicated. <laughs> uh, it's something yes. you, you got to tell yourself when learning about conspiracies. Yeah, I mean, yes, yeah, so it's funny that, that Homer here all of a sudden jumps to uh, often the the best refutation of most baseless conspiracy theories is that it's, it's so elaborate. There's no way that this that this makes sense to involve way too many people keeping a secret. There's no way that this could, that this information could be suppressed because thousands or tens of thousands of people would have to be in on it and not uh, not not reveal what was going on. And these uh, these vaccine fears, I mean, it feels current now, mm-hmm. but they've I think as long as vaccines have existed in America, there have been conspiracy theories about them. I mean, I I was first introduced to this idea of this conspiracy theory in the X-Files because a key plot point in X-Files mythology is revealed in the episode Paperclip. Uh, which showed that the smallpox vaccinations that were spread around were actually by the secret sa- shadow government to get DNA from every person. Hmm. Like so, and that I think is just them pulling from one accepted conspiracy theory about uh, just the smallpox vaccine. With Flanders, it has to be vaccines are giving you the mark of the beast. That's usually the Christian explanation as to why, right, like all right. the fundamentalist Christian explanation as to why you won't get vaccinated. But then there are, you know, new age explanations or pseudoscience ones. One. Yeah. yeah, I'm hearing it today. I'm hearing it <laughs> about the COVID vaccine. Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, uh, sort of the, the anti-vaccination movement has been around, I mean, uh, since, since, since um, you know, since there were vaccines. But like it got, it got a real boost in the 90s uh, because of uh, Andrew Wakefield, who 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 published a really bogus study uh, connecting vaccines and autism, and this was in '98, uh, which was again that that Lancet study was later retracted. But this was a time in which people thought that increasing diagnoses of of uh, of autism was a, was a result of uh, vaccinations. Of course, there's no basis to it, but um, but this is a time when parents were very very worried about uh, vaccinations generally. Well, and that wellness concern, I think, is how that one got so many famous people who you think of as like you know liberal hollywood elites like yeah well like robert de niro for example even being an anti-vax guy yeah jenny mccarthy was a huge Mm -hmm. anti-vax uh person 
Yeah, the uh, the Indigo Children movement. She was yeah. part behind that too. It's, and at some point, you have sympathy for them because they're looking for answers, especially if they have an autistic child. But also, you're spreading this horrible information, potentially killing lots of people yes. too. I do like that in this version, it is just to spark consumerism. That's why people get <laughs> flu shots. Ultimately, the answer is the all idealer. Uh, and uh, so, yes, that's also when Homer gets uh, served his syringe field ice cream I had mentioned earlier, which is a very funny drawing. He's, he's beginning to enjoy being drugged, which I, I do enjoy yeah. that joke. <laughs> He's really embracing everything about this island. The number, the, the what he's done wrong, the drugs. He's all about it. All of this drugging stuff, too. So I watched the first two episodes of The Prisoner, and he's knocked out, like, twice in those first two episodes. And so I thought, yeah, I guess that's a lot of being knocked unconscious. But the third episode where they try to invade his dreams, <laughs> I swear he's knocked unconscious seven times in that okay. episode. So, uh, though some of it's drugged tea, it's not always gas. So. Uh, well, Homer's tea was drugged. This is one weakness. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, okay. Then all the ways he's drugged <laughs> happened in that episode. And it, by the way, the third episode rules. Like every, I will say every episode of Prisoner I watch, I'm like, I want to watch the next one. This show is great. Mm, okay. Then... Uh, Homer finds out that no one will miss him because his replacement has been sent home. <gasps> Marge, honey, Fraulein, I'm home. Are you not my husband? Yeah, please forgive my unexplained two-week absence. To make it up to you, we will go out to dinner at a sensibly priced restaurant, then have a night of efficient German sex. Well, I sure don't feel like cooking. <laughs> so the joke is that Marge definitely had sex with that guy, right? Yeah, like, I... Yes. I <laughs> It's uh, I don't like that part of the joke no, no. Uh, because Homer is gone for four months. So she's living with this man for three and a half months. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I do like Marge's reaction. Like, well, I sure don't feel like cooking. Like, that's good. But <laughs> and also Homer saying my family won't rest until they find my drug bloated corpse. I like that line, too. But I, I'm just going to say that Marge knew enough that she doesn't <laughs> have sex with him just to sleep at night. I'm going to tell myself Marge doesn't have sex with this guy. Yeah, where was Lisa to point out this imposter? It makes everyone look very stupid. Stupid. Yeah, everybody else has to, uh, Bart has to be very stupid in the next scene as well, too. Uh, and then uh, they cuts back, Homer's playing polo and instantly gets gassed while playing it for no good reason. Just, just knocked out again. And uh, then cuts back home, the guy's hair is starting to grow back too and he is shaving <laughs> it in front of Bart. And I love that uh, he all he wants to do is watch evil shows about islands, which is a real tip-off <laughs> to Bart. Uh, but he says, like, I am a new tie-wearing, which, you know, is true. Homer rarely wears a black tie. He's more of a purple stripe, that purple stripe tie hmm, he that's always right. wears. This is one piece of formal wear, I think. And uh, so, yes, Homer finally is a way off of the island thanks to his new friend, number six. I'm tired of being drugged and gassed. There's got to be a way to escape. Psst. Huh? I've worked on this for 33 years. It's made out of toilet paper rolls, toothpicks, and plastic forks. And the sail is made of scabs and dynamite. <laughs> it's small and it's smelly, but it should carry both of us too. <laughs> <laughs> that's the third time that's happened. <laughs> 
So yes, <sighs> the prisoner went off the air 33 years before this uh, aired. It's so perfect. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And uh, him saying that's the third time that's happened in episodes two and seven. He tries to escape oh. in a boat and is prevented. So that's great. It really was the third time that has happened. I and also just McGowan's delivery of like sail is made of scabs and dynamite it's like it's such a great delivery he's a really good voice actor scabs and dynamite was in the squirts world of script it's a very funny line but if you look at the sail it's just a gray sail yes yeah it they couldn't figure like... out a way to render that on the screen <laughs> and i'm glad uh, and yes homer is trying to escape and that's when i had to google what the name of those things are they're called the rover mm. or alternatively guardians they've also been called that and I will say in the show, when it gets shot with bullets, like it doesn't explode. Like, so it isn't functionally actually a balloon, but I do like that they finally answered what nerds have said for, you know, three decades at that point. Of like, just use a fork. The thing will go away instantly. <laughs> Homer almost kills himself with the fork first. He considers suicide. Yes, it's very subtle. That's a great joke. Yeah. Uh, I mean, one of the more distracting things, but part of the fun of w watching Prisoner, which has such amazing hd transfers in it too i sound like i'm just a commercial for it but what a distracting but fun thing and it is how clearly those things are balloons and how they're trying to film around <laughs> how it's a balloon being blown around and like no no it's this uh you know living ball of energy that is uh, that seems to be sentient and can capture people it's like no i see the string attached to this giant <laughs> white balloon uh but yes homer escapes and there's another great line that you identified the uh, the writer of it too oh yeah dana gould he was on the show at this point and the uh, shut up that's why i love that's, that. that's his line <laughs> and, uh and and that's also when you hear the classic prisoner theme which is i mean it's such an iconic thing dun 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 bum 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 very. And it is a great screw you joke where, yes, you can escape from this island and they can't stop you. Yep. You yeah. just, need a, just need a boat. That's it. Uh, and Homer returns home. Why did you think a big balloon would stop people? Shut up. That's why. Oh, what a horrible four months. I to <laughs> warn everybody. Attention. Some crazy creeps on an island somewhere are secretly running the world. Hey. Sorry, old chap, but you're proving quite the caterpillar in our buttermilk. Huh? We're shutting you down. Not a chance. No one can silence me but me. That arranged can be. Yes, fight and struggle. If I know me, he won't like being kicked in the crotch. Oh, Marge, it's me, the real Homer. Oh, homie. Bravo, number five. But you know what happens to bad little fishies who wriggle through the net. Can I turn this off? Absolutely. Hey. <laughs> I love that it. it's like, oh, you just turn it off. Everything's fine. It's, uh, uh, I mean, when sometimes when people come to me, they ask, um, you know, what do I do about my, my Q-pilled, you know, uh, sibling or mother or something? My, my number one advice is always get them away from the computer for a couple <laughs> days. Just... Turn it off. Turn it away. Think about other let other things fill your mind besides QAnon. That's got to be step number one. So yeah, the, the, this is the sort of the, the the problem with technology is that is that it rules our lives and it's very influential. And we but uh, the only thing that we need to do to stop having so much influence is just to turn it off. But it's so hard. 
And uh, and I also like that Homer Homer kicks him so hard in the crotch <laughs> it knocks him out. Like it that's a very yeah. hard kick. We talked about turning off technology and it makes me miss travel because there's a glorious uh, you know two or three hours when you're in the air and you can't look at Twitter. You could just read your book or play your game or <laughs> listen to a podcast and not have to just refresh Twitter every three seconds. It's mm-hmm. it was a glorious time to be alive in the days of travel. Yeah, there's a there's a great gag in this scene in which we see that see that uh, the boat that he used to escape the <laughs> island is parked in the driveway of his home. That's like right. He sailed directly to his garage. I didn't even realize uh, that was a joke until I watched it a second time. I'm like, oh, right. He he sailed home and then somehow sailed along the roads or carried the boat to his car to his house. Yeah, that was good. That is perfect. I yeah, I Elmer and and I also love that he says that was a long four months. It's like wow lots of time even passed in this episode too uh and the fight scene is well done too just like this mouse cord strangulation really well done all these wired mouses it uh it also does feel like a line got cut or something when marge says oh homie and hugs him i feel like there's it feels missing that there should be a line that she goes like i knew that other guy wasn't you or blah 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 like instead she's just like it's a hug (laughs) and then end of it she's not questioning the situation at all (laughs) <laughs> and uh and yes everything seems like a happy ending even the dog's excited but uh that's when in a very creepy drawing sin's little helper has gas explode out of his mouth <laughs> and uh, they all wake up on the island <laughs> once you get used to the druggings this isn't a bad place oh it's wonderful truly god's country <laughs> Now, is that a parody of a quote from the prisoner or something? I mean, they say like the village. Yeah, there's there's creepy endings have were very creepy and weird. I mean, the one thing they didn't copy is every episode of the prisoner ends with a picture of his head flying at the screen and then prison bars going over it, mm. which they actually parodied in a reference in Krusty gets busted. The shot of Krusty's face coming up to the screen and then jail oh, bars okay. on it. Same kind of reference. Okay, so, I didn't yeah. know. But so they didn't do that. But I I think there's definitely like weird intonations to the island or the village. Though yes, eighteen year old me when I saw this episode then with the koala shooting gas out of its <laughs> eyes and just everyone saying the island, I was like, I did have the crusty like, what the hell was that reaction? Like it just <laughs> it made no sense to me and I thought it was a bad episode or or a bad third act. So I, it was one I didn't go back to as much. Yeah, it was uh, really polarizing at the time, especially. I remember uh, dutifully going online to register my disgust for the <laughs> internet, uh, going to All TV Simpsons and seeing people, they either really didn't get it or they did get it, but you couldn't just go to Amazon Prime and turn it on. You couldn't just go to your local video store and rent it for the most part. I'm sure it was on VHS. You might be able to go to Suncoast or something. I mean, to get that whole VHS set, like the, that was back when they were like, Finally, the prisoner on VHS, two hundred dollars. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think. I, I mean, sometimes it felt like uh, so the the writers of the show they expressed open contempt for nerds who were seeking continuity in the show and sort of a sense of consistency. And this is this I think is a sort of a fun kind of dig at that. Sort of an insist, sort of a invitation to not give not give a crap of that about those kinds of things. Yeah, like Mike Scully, he's in his last year of running the show. Uh, John Swartzwelder will only write for a few more seasons. I think they're just having fun. Yeah, I I think I was getting, I was one of those angered internet fans, though, who was getting tired of it because... 
I also recall it's this one and then the next one, The Great Money Caper, which also ends with a real like F-U ending. Yeah, those should have been spaced out a bit. It was two uh, back-to-back screw-you endings in a row. Uh, though, yeah, as an adult now, uh, you know, overall looking back on this episode, I actually do like it. One, for I think it does a fine job of uh, being a parody of The Prisoner that actually got the guy in it, too. And... I think yeah, what ultimately it is both a incredible time capsule for the year 2000 and late 90s internet and also sadly presaging much of what the internet continued to be and grew into. Yeah, I'm on the same page. The positive elements for me are just that snapshot of the internet in the year 2000 and computers just because I was there and it's a nice nostalgia and some bad memories as well. But uh, <laughs> I love that and I can respect the prisoner references even though I don't fully understand them yet. Uh, any final thoughts, Travis? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that uh, I mentioned this before, but yeah, it really is amazing how well Swarthwelder kind of really saw both the both the great potential of the internet that allowed anyone to be a publisher without an editor, without any kind of gatekeepers, and that had the ability for us to um, to basically hold the powerful accountable. In this case, it might might even be seen as a kind of a prophetic about the coming of WikiLeaks. This has allowed people to post, uh, you know, shocking state secrets and allowed anyone to see what was really going on behind the curtain. But at the same time, that potential comes with this dark side that allows people to post just worthless nonsense. And because we you know, we hunger for this kind of secret information, gullible people believe it. Even educated people believe it. So yeah, it is is very, very uh, sharp commentary on the internet for, for the year 2000. When they were doing jokes about the Drudge Report, they couldn't possibly imagine how much farther <laughs> it would go. Yeah. What, what will seem quaint to us in 20 years about Q, I wonder. Oh, God. I don't want to think right. about it. Yeah. Uh, but thank you so much, Travis View, for being on the show. Please tell us where we can find you online and also about your podcast, QAnon Anonymous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Travis underscore View. And uh, if you want to listen to me uh, more often, my podcast is QAnonAnonymous.com. We do uh, one episode a week, in which we try to cover current events and uh, sort of what, what's going on in Q world or what's going on with major Q figures. We also do a uh, bonus premium episode every uh, week for members of our uh, patreon awesome and yeah i've been uh, a big fan of it uh, since bob introduced me to it i've learned so much about the q figures and 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 Mar- uh, uh, even the q representative all i've learned so much <laughs> and you guys cover a lot of other conspiracy theories too which i've enjoyed yeah, I mean, sometimes, yeah, we sometimes we like to cover, like, you know, real conspiracies and cover-ups, or sometimes we just cover you know, UFO stuff or uh, sort of old conspiracies from the 70s and stuff. I mean, I think that, you know, we, we try to cover broader conspiracy culture in order to put uh, what's happening now in context, because, like, a lot of the things about QAnon aren't entirely new. They're just kind of uh, sort of warped and accelerated by social media. Yeah, I loved your one with Dave. Anthony uh where when you were going through the the person you were showcasing over and over you guys were just like it always just goes back to that fucking protocols of Zion every time <laughs> it, it, it is it is yes when you when you explore uh conspiracy theories you're basically waiting for them to say Jews because it's gonna happen yeah. eventually mm-hmm. yeah, but but thank you so much Travis 
Yeah, it's been a pleasure. So thanks again to Travis View for being on the podcast. Be sure to check out the QAnon Anonymous podcast. But as for us, if you want to hear more of what we do and get access to everything one week ahead of time and ad-free, please go to patreon.com slash talkingsimpsons. Sign up there for five bucks a month. You'll get just that, but also access to all of our limited miniseries and everything behind the $5 paywall. That includes everything we've done behind that paywall for the past almost four years at this point. And currently on the Patreon behind the $5 paywall, we are doing Talking of the Hill Season 2 Part 1. 11 new episodes of Talking of the Hill just for patrons at the $5 level or higher. And that is lumped in with all the previous episodes. So many to choose from. Uh, over 100 bonus podcasts are waiting for you behind that paywall. And also, if you sign up for 10 bucks a month at Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons, you get all the $5 stuff, but also access to one mega-long podcast just for patrons of that level or higher. And what is that, Henry? You're talking about the What a Cartoon Movie Podcast. See, our secondary podcast we also do each week what a cartoon covers an animated series in the same simpsony detail that we do here and once a month for premium subscribers at patreon.com slash talking simpsons we cover an animated feature film in the same level of detail often for over four hours including once five hours that we did on the end of evangelion other recent ones have included the ducktales movie the studio ghibli classic whisper of the heart dexter's lab ego trip and a giant two-year back catalog is waiting for you in addition to all of the five dollar stuff if you go to the premium level at patreon.com slash talking simpsons as for me i've been one of your hosts bob Mackey. you can find me on twitter as bob servo and my other podcast is retronauts it's a classic gaming podcast all about old video games you can find that wherever you find podcasts or go to patreon.com slash retronauts sign up there for two bonus full-length episodes every month henry what about you you can follow me on Twitter at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. Anytime new stuff happens in my life, I'm a tweeting about it. I, I am addicted, just like Homer <laughs> in this episode, but but I'm not crazy. No, but if you're also addicted to Twitter, then you should really be following the official Twitter account of this podcast at Talk Simpsons Pod. When you follow at Talk Simpsons Pod on Twitter, you will know when new episodes go live on the free feeds for Talking Simpsons and What a Cartoon. And you'll be up to date when stuff goes live on the Patreon as well. Plus polls or other news that we have going on. You know it if you follow at Talk Simpsons Pod on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening, folks. We'll see you next time for the latest episode of our community podcast, Talk to the Audience, and we'll see you then. command so that anyone can understand them. Hmm. Homer, bring that back in the house.